Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the McMahon Podcast. I am Matt McManus. Before we get into the episode, I just want to say that this episode... Late, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> actually, just play the just play the song. <laughs> yes, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the McMahon Podcast, Episode Five. We have a very, very Yo, VIP special. Let's kick it. Episode. Ice, ice, baby. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's, it's time that we acknowledge the fact that at some point many moons ago, Vanilla Ice asked us all to stop and collaborate and listen. And that is pretty sound advice. In regards to everything, if we're having an issue in the world, if you're having an issue in your relationship, if you're having an issue in your family, stop, collaborate, and listen. And that's what I'm asking you to do when you listen to the McMahon podcast. Just take an hour out of your week, stop, collaborate by listening, and let's move forward. We have a very, very, very special episode in store for you today. My son, Phil, is in the building. Say what's up, Woo! Phil. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk to my son, Phil, about a whole bunch of cool things. We're actually going to call my dad, Phil, and wish him a happy birthday. And we're going to call my son's uncle, my brother, Phil, and wish him a happy Veterans Day as well. And Phil, I just want to ask you, how are you doing today? Good. Yeah, what do you got going on? Mm, nothing. Nothing? What are you playing with? Pokemon cards. Right. Phil is into Pokemon cards and video games. What video games are you into, Phil? Among Us, Roblox, Minecraft, Animal Crossing. Okay. Hey, Phil, uh, chin up a little bit, just a little was bit. That, was that one game or was that like three different games? That you just <laughs> Roblox, Minecraft, and Animal Crossing. And Among Us. Oh. Um, what's your favorite video game out of all of those? Um. Oh, and Pokemon Sword. Pokemon Sword is my favorite. Why? Because you can catch Pokemon and you can defeat bosses and catch legendaries. What's a legendary, Phil? Really cool types of Pokemon that do a lot of damage. That's awesome. Speaking of, of words and meanings, last night, Sean, I was talking with my son, and I used a couple of words that he didn't know the meaning of. And I, f I find this to be one of the cool, really cool things about being a parent because you have to explain stuff, right? So, like, for instance, last night, he, I, I used the word phenomenon. And he was like, what's the word phenomenon mean? And I was like, well, I guess it's, <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome, I said it's an awesome, unexplainable thing. I, you know, I don't think that's what it says in the dictionary, but I do think that's how I define it. And then I said to the word recommendation to him last night. He's like, can I make a recommendation? And he said, what's that? And I said, it's an idea that changes something. And that, I guess, in some way is accurate as well. So, uh, Sean, can you think of any random word 
that I might be able to explain to my son? Or Phil, is there a word you don't know that I can explain to you? Uh, no. Uh, whenever... Frostwalker. Frostwalker? Mm. Whenever funny words come up, the, the one that always comes to my mind is perpendicular. <laughs> <laughs> perpendicular. That's when things line up with one another in the same line. As in the same congruent line, uh, it, like, ninety like, degrees, ni- two ninety degrees that line up with each other like a T. Phil is is a perpendicular line, you know, where two streets meet is a perpendicular mm. line. Yeah, or you know, or an intersection of some kind. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Phil, let me ask you this: What's the coolest part about being alive? Mm, Pokemon cards. <laughs> Okay. Do you like school? No. Why not? Boring. Why? You, they lock you in this little house for, for like eight or five hours. And then and, and they try and teach you things? Yeah. Do you learn things? No. Why not? Because it's boring. Yeah, but you're good at reading and writing and math. But I don't like reading, writing, or math. See, that's the problem with school. They teach you things that you don't like that you need to know, right? I was picking Phil up at school. I was, don't do that, buddy. I was picking Phil up at school maybe two weeks ago, and his teacher says to me, come over here. I got to talk to you about something. And I was like, what? He's like, your son brought, what did you bring to school, Phil? Handcuffs. Say that again? Handcuffs. He, he, he brought handcuffs to school. Where did those handcuffs come from? Uh, my house. Okay, and did you think that's something you should bring to school? Yeah. Why did you want to bring it to school? So I could arrest people that were being bad. Oh, uh, well, hey. First of all, I understand what you're saying. That That's not your job, but it is it your... It is my job. What did I tell you to look out for at school? What is your job? You look out for? Bullies. And if they're doing that, what do you do? Arrest them with my handcuffs. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. You, you, you're not supposed to arrest them with your handcuffs, but you are supposed to stop bullies because bullies are? Mean. And they hurt people's? Peelings. Peelings. Got it. <laughs> All right. Phil has given himself a nickname recently. What is that nickname? What is it? Fuh. What? What's the nickname that you want me to call you right now? Fanope. Fanope. Right? Nice. It's like your alter ego. Like, Phil will do one thing, but Fanope will do the other, correct? Yeah. So is that like the the bizarro version of you, like Waluigi or Wario? Yeah. (laughs) What does Fanope do? He doesn't do his homework. And? He... He doesn't do his reading. He only does free draw when we're doing reading. Free draw? When we're reading and writing. Uh-huh. And he, and also August is slow at it, too, well, like well, Fanope. And he doesn't want to do his morning work. Okay, all right. Does Fanope eat anything specifically? Yeah, he, uh, he eats Cheez-Its only. He only eats Cheez-Its? <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. And what does he drink? Gatorade. What flavor? Um, red flavor. Okay, all right. What's your favorite food? Mm, 
not McDonald's. F- McDonald's. And we, you're not really allowed to eat McDonald's. But when you do eat McDonald's every once in a while, what do you get? I get a Happy Meal. And w- which kind? The chicken nuggets or the, the burger? Hamburger. Ooh. <laughs> I'd like to propose something to you or give you an idea of a theory that I've come up with. And I want you and Sean to weigh in on if it's real or not real. Okay? Okay. All right. So if I were to take your hand and dip it in a bucket of water, what does it become? Paper. Okay. Is that how paper's made? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, okay. If I were to take a piece of paper and dip it in water, what does that paper become? It becomes um, candy. Okay. All right. Well, here's what I'm saying. If I take a towel and I dip it in water, it becomes wet. No, it doesn't. It becomes into sugar. Okay. All right. I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue with this theory. But basically, what I'm thinking is, if I take your head and dip it in a, a toilet bowl, your hair becomes wet. If no, I, no, no, no. It becomes all poopy and your hair will start coming out. Okay. All right. So this theory is changing, right? So water is becoming poop, candy, and paper, right? No, no, no. The toilet, when you go poop in it, it turns into rice. We'll get back to this theory, but me and Phil went to the LACMA Museum when it was open years ago, and they had a, a whole bunch of Catholic and Christian paraphernalia, pictures of Jesus. And he was a baby at this point, and he asked me who Jesus was. And I, I tried to explain it to him in a way that made sense. And what how it came out was that Jesus was the first superhero. <laughs> it, it, you know Captain America? <laughs> <laughs> he was the Captain America of the Middle East. <laughs> exactly. And speaking of Jesus, I was hiking this week, a couple days ago, by myself. And I've been in a somewhat spiritual place. I've been, I, I've been praying every day, right? I had a, a deep relationship with my higher power as a child. My mom would tell you that at some point I wanted to be a priest. So I was hiking the other day uh, by myself and I was listening to music and thinking. I said out loud, really loud, Jesus kicks ass. And there were three Orthodox Jewish women about 15 <laughs> feet in front of me, but I didn't see them because my head had been down. But when I looked up after having said that, they looked, they turned around and looked at me like I was saying it directly at them, which I, I can understand why they were thinking that. <laughs> These nice Jewish women just turned around and looked at me like I was trying to turn them, and I was not. I was just proclaiming my love for my higher power at Runyon Canyon at noon on a Tuesday. Phil, hmm? what's the coolest place you've ever been to? Uh, what's the place that um, Kroger was in? Oh, okay, Kroger. He's talking about a supermarket that is in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, Atlanta has a cool theme park and it has like this wheel that lets you spin upside down. That's the coolest place. Okay, cool. And you like hotels? Mm-hmm. Why? Travel lodge. You like going to travel lodges? You like going to... <laughs> hey, why, why do you like going to travel lodges? They have tea and coffee machines and vending machines. And vending machines are the coolest, right? Yeah. If you go up to a vending machine, what do you get? I get nothing. Well, then what's so cool about it? You just like looking at the vending machine? 
Okay, so what do you say this summer we just do a tour around and look at different vending machines and see what's inside? Is that something that you're and interested in? And if I want it, I can get it. If, well, you have to be a good boy that day or that week or that month. Okay? Okay. All right, vending machine tour, summer 2022. The McManus boys coming in live and direct. Hey, Phil. Hmm? Are NFTs and cryptocurrency the future? I don't know what that is. <laughs> you do know what cryptocurrency is. Dogecoin is a cryptocurrency. How many Dogecoins do you have? 29. You have 29. How many Shiba, how many Shiba Inu coins do you have? 1,000. Right? What? I give him a portion of all the <laughs> cryptocurrencies that I in, invest in. So, yes, you do know. And pancake swap. And pancake swap. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's a seven-year-old boy talking about pancake swap, right. which is a service slash token that helps you turn alt slash shit, what people would call shit coins into <laughs> legit coins by pairing with a legit coin. You know about cryptocurrency. Don't mess around. Okay? That's oh. next level, dude. You're going to be rich one day. Right? You're going to you're going to be able to afford your own vending machines. Yeah. <laughs> if you uh, if you could put one uh, one vending machine with uh, the same thing in it from top to bottom, what would that thing be? Doritos and Gatorade. <laughs> Doritos and Gatorade. Fair enough. What do you think the meaning of life is, buddy? If like mm. what do you think the the purpose of living is? Candy. What do we have on our toilet that you use after you're done going to the bathroom? Bidet. What do you think about the bidet? It's fine. And it cleans your what? Face. It cleans your face? And your eyes. And your eyes? So after you go to the bathroom, you've got to clean your face with the bidet? Mm-hmm. Phil, you've been to Hawaii and Brazil, and you have a bidet. You're living a more lavish lifestyle than I have. But I have three bidets at my mom's. No, four bidets at my mom's. What are you guys, going to Target and just taking all the bidets? No, they're not at Target. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Walmart. Oh, I, I, I am. Are we still cool? No. Oh, we're not. We're not cool. No. So I'm gonna call my brother. Hi, Matt. Hey, Phil. How you doing, bud? Good, buddy. How's it going? Good. I just. Wa- I'm actually recording my podcast right now. I'm with Phil McManus, your nephew, and I just wanted to call and wish you a happy Veterans Day. Yeah, I think about you every year at this time. You're a hardworking dude. My brother just graduated law school, everybody, and he got engaged yesterday. Congratulations, Phil. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, buddy. I love you, I love you too. I want you to have a great day, and thank you for everything. You got it. Hey, Phil, let me ask you a question. Do you have, do you have one piece of advice for, for life? Uh, work hard and don't complain. Work hard and don't complain. And you got if you got you got to, you got to be tough to be tough. That's right. Yeah, you got it. All right, buddy. Have a great day. All right, take care, man. All right, bye bye. My brother is a very interesting story. He was the kind of guy that joined the military when he was still in high school. You know, at seventeen years old, he graduated, and that was the fall before September eleventh. And then he finished his basic training and was off to the desert for a couple of tours, special forces, high out al- halo, high altitude, low open, jumping out of planes and, you know, re- doing recon in places that were very, very dangerous. Is he- that the 82nd Airborne? Mm-hmm. 
holy crap, he might have known one of my old roommates. Yeah, he's... Because uh, that was right around the same time, same unit, so... Yeah, it's a, it's a good chance. He's a real hard-working guy, and he did that four years or so, five Those years. Those are some bad mofos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would meet some of his comrades, and they were all huge. He came back from his first tour, and even from basic training, and he could kick the he's younger than me and he was a thin guy he could kick the crap out of me now and forever and he's a real quiet guy for the most part but he's extremely silly and once you get him out and about and he opens his mouth he's like a kennedy the world just kind of gravitates to him in a way that is really interesting he finished his tours of duty and he moved into an apartment with me in brooklyn new york and finished a four-year degree in just under two years, got a job working for a, a government-contracted company where he was designing parachutes and jumping out of planes to test them. I mean, there's a video somewhere out there of my brother pushing an ATV off of a plane and it opening up a parachute, and then my brother diving like Superman out, out of the plane itself, landing on the ATV in midair, and then driving it off into the desert. And and then he was a federal air marshal, and then he went to law school, and he's now a lawyer, and he's getting married. And the guy is a Kennedy. He's an inspiration to me and all of us. We went home to New York to have a celebratory party after he graduated and passed the bar this past summer, and everyone in my hometown came to it. It was like a carnival, and the celebration around my brother and our family was just incredible to be around, and he's... A guy you probably at some point will know. And each one of my siblings is very much like that. And that's also why I wanted to call my dad because he created all of us. And he's also a, a funny person to, to hear and get some stories from. Oh, my dad's calling me. There we go. All right. Hey, Dad. Hello there, Maddie. How you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. Happy birthday. Thank you, Matt. Very nice to call. Yeah, it's nice to hear your voice. What do you got going on today? Uh, nothing. I'm going to go over to your sister's uh, a little later on and uh, have some dinner over there. But I just took it easy today and went to the pool and going to get on my bike in a minute and uh, normal routine. You were, you're going to you're going to go ride that hog? No, my exercise bike. Oh, not the Harley. I I, I, I took it out. Uh, when when did I take a ride? Uh, Tuesday, I took a ride on it. Where'd you go? Out out to uh, the Vanderbilt Wharf. Yeah. But, yeah. So. Uh, oh, excuse me. So. Well, <laughs> uh, that was terrible. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay, Dad. Dad, how, how often would you say that you burp or fart in an average day? Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. I tell you, my stomach, for, I don't know, for a while now, my stomach hasn't felt that great. So I always feel gassy, you know, like like my stomach's loaded with gas. But I'm not burping and farting all the time. I wish I was. So, uh, I, w I wish you were, too. Maybe that's my birthday wish for you, Dad. I'm, I'm wishing you all of the burps and farts that you deserve. <laughs> hold, uh, hold on one second, will you? Yeah. Oh, hi. Yeah, that was your, your brother. Yeah, I just got off the phone with him. It's Veterans Day, as you know. Huh? It's Veterans Day. So, I, I know. I wish him a happy Veterans Day. I don't know. I spoke to him on Saturday. He told me he was getting married, but he told me he wasn't getting married till the springtime or the summertime. Next yeah. thing I know, your mother's calling me saying he's getting married 
Well, she called me on Sunday and said he's getting married on Wednesday. Yeah, and there and here it is. Well, there's going to be a party at some point that we're all going to go to, but I think that they just wanted to tie the knot, I guess. I guess, yeah. I guess. So not, I feel like a heel not not be not that I could have gone anyway if he told me cuz I'm afraid to get on an airplane, you know. Um, yeah, you're a wimp, dad. No, it's my back, man. I I I, I my ba- my back and my, my my back and my feet they just suck, Dad. I don't travel well, buddy. I wish I did. You ever you ever poop on a plane, Dad? Uh, probably, probably diarrhea. <laughs> Where would you say the the best place for like when you used to work on Wall Street? Did you ha- have a, like a secret bathroom that you would go into and let one go? No, there was just the the, the regular bathroom. I was quite comfortable with it, thank God. You're how old today? Uh, 68. 68 years old. Yeah. What dec yeah. What decade in your life would you say that women were the most attractive? Oh, probably in my forties. You think? Yeah. Do you think boobs are different now than they used to be? Like they just grow different. Who, who was listening to this? <laughs> I'm recording my my, my my podcast, Dad. This thing that I do. Oh God, you got you got problems. I got. <laughs> Dad, do you like me? I love you. I love you too, a lot. You have, Dad, if you could give me any piece of advice right now, just off the top of your head, what would it be? Behave yourself. My dad, one time, we went to a bar years ago, and he said, Matt, we've been here for 15 minutes and no one's asked me for my number. What's the problem here? One, at one time we were at a we were at the same bar and a woman walked in. I guess you went on a couple of dates with this woman, and you're like, Matt, don't look to the left. Don't don't. Don't look to the left. She's here, and she's she's gonna buy us drinks and want to talk to us for hours. Don't talk to her. I don't remember. My da- my my dad is quite the ladies' man. Don't let his back problems fool you. Yeah, well, those days are over, Matt. What makes you say that? You're those days. I don't go. I don't go anymore. I can't even afford. I gotta. I got no money. I'm broke. No, you're not broke. Well, Social Security isn't isn't gonna, isn't gonna last too long. You know. Uh, well, well, you're not broke anyway. because you got love in your life. I love you dearly, and I'm and I'm celebrating you today. After I'm done with work today, I'm gonna get myself a Bud Light in your name. You in, in your name. I'm going to have a Bud Light. I'll bring a few over to your sister's house. Don't have too many. You might get diarrhea. No, I don't get diarrhea from beer, really. You know? Thank God. Hey, Phil, come say happy birthday to Pop Pop. Hold on. Phil's here, too, Dad. Oh, okay. Just... <laughs> Excuse me. Say I just... <laughs> happy birthday. Thank you. Do you know how old I am? And don't say just old. <laughs> 70. Close. 68. Very close. I don't know if I'm going to see 70, Phil. (laughs) Dad, you got to stop talking like that. (laughs) I don't know if we're going to make it. You're a bright, shining light in any room that you walk into. So stick stick around. That's that's because I light my thoughts. Yeah, you do. You do. And then you float around the room like a magician. If you could, right with you, Matt? Yeah, I'm good, Dad. I'm I'm busy. I'm I'm doing things that I'm very passionate about. My son is health. My son is healthy. My girlfriend is great, and uh, it's all systems go over here. 
How was how was your little sweetheart? Uh, Dad, she's great. She's she's uh yeah. she's great. We 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 are on the same page. All right, good. Say what's up to Sean, my co-host over here. Hello, Sean. Hello, Mr. McManus. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> doing well. Thanks. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Oh, Sean, are you the friend of Matt's that had the plastic surgery on his nose recently? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've been considering it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you have a deviated septum like everybody else. <laughs> Come on, you just wanted to get that honker reduced. Yep, no, the 80s was a crazy time. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding you, Sean. Dad, real quick, remember you told me once that you made a really crazy prank phone call somewhere? What was the story? Oh, the story, but it was like based on. I all the time when I was working in the city. The best one was the the, the deer story, or. Yeah, that, yeah, the deer story. Tell the deer story. So. We used to make prank calls all the time, and we used to get many, many people in on the phone listening. You know, so you had, so you had an audience. So there's this girl that worked at Merrill Lynch, where I was working, and her husband worked at, I think, Citibank. And she was telling us one Monday that they were coming back from, I don't know, some cabin or something that they had in Poconos or some, somewhere, and they hit a deer on their way back. And she said it was a big to-do, blah, 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 blah. So I, I waited a couple of days, and I, and I called her husband and uh, saying I was a, uh, a police officer with, uh, I forget the name of the town where, the, where they hit the deer, but she told me. I said, you know, it was such and such a town, and wanted to talk to you about the, uh, the terrible incident over the weekend. So he goes, well, yeah, well, how can I help you? So I said, well, we understand, uh, you know, you hit a deer with, with your such and such a car. She gave me the, the, the make of the car. And he said, yeah, we, we regret it. You know, we, we, we called the police and we stayed there. And we thought that was the end of it. I said, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, uh, Mr. Watts. That was his last name. But uh, there's, there's a bit more to the story. He goes, well, what, what, what do you mean? So, well, you know, it's protocol that we have to do an autopsy on, on any animal that's killed on the highways and uh, to determine the death. He said, what do you mean, determine the death? He said, I ran, I, I ran the deer over. He's dead. He said, yeah, I know, but it's just it's just protocol. And uh, he, he says, well, what does this mean to me? He said, well, you know, the, the, the basic price of an autopsy on a deer is $1,200. $1,200. And uh, he said, yeah. And, and he said, as it turns out, it looks like this deer is a female. And uh, if she was pregnant, we'll have to do an autopsy on the on the unborn on the unborn doe. He goes, what? He said, you're kidding me. I said, no, 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 sir. It's uh, it's protocol. This is this this cost you upwards around three thousand dollars. He goes, Jesus Christ! I thank God I didn't hit an elephant. He said. <laughs> so, at that point. You know, 20 people on the phone clicked in and started laughing and told them who I was. And that was, uh, that was one of the better ones, Matt. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, th that was the guy that, that raised me and probably one of the reasons I, I live my life the way that I do. Dad, thanks for, the, thanks for the story and thanks for your time. Happy birthday, Dad. All righty. Thanks, Matty. Be good. Sean, take it easy, buddy. You too. Have a good one. Happy birthday. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Nice. That was great. That, that worked out. Oh, uh, it's it's mayhem over here right now. I'm on the phone with my dad. My cat's knocking things down. My son's singing in the other room. But this is actually, honestly, a, a, a really good depiction of my life. As I, I was just gonna say, Matt, like we're, we're we're seeing your son bring handcuffs to school. Your dad's making prank calls. It's all making sense. 
<laughs> and I think that's kind of what I wanted to get at. I spend a lot of time trying to make sense of what my life's meaning is. And if you heard my the laughter in between my dad's story but that Sean and I had, and also just kind of the way my dad was laughing at himself, I think that all ties into who... I am, and how I see the world. He was the kind of guy, is the kind of guy that led me to believe that the world is a cartoon, that anything can and will happen, and you should just put a smile on your face, and you can manipulate the world around you to have as much fun as you feel inside yourself, and that is something I continually try to invoke inside myself and relay to my child and keep kind of tattooed on my presence at all times. Seems like a fun family. You guys you guys like to laugh together. That's a good thing. We really do. And that's a really <laughs> cuz you don't you that's the first time you ever, you know, kind of met my father and my family is really interesting. This, the, every one of us has a, a really dope story, and sometimes pun intended. <laughs> but I grew up in a way that not a lot of other people did, and I think that you know, I think everyone has a version of saying that we are all different people. But the way my dad showed the world to me was so special and people would think that it's wrong in some instances like he re he told me that I could walk into any room that I wanted to walk into that I had access to anywhere that I wanted because he paid an entrance fee for me the day I was born and he led me to believe that when I had a dog, my first dog, that when I took him back, took him home from its first walk, he asked me in front of my neighbors if I wiped the dog's butt after it went to the bathroom, and I didn't. And he told, he led me to believe that that's what I needed to do. He took me for walks on a nude beach when I was like nine years old to rate different naked people. I mean, that's crazy, man. But. All of this kind of adds up to the sum of me, and I am crazy Uncle Matt out in California. This week, it's 11 years that I've lived out here, and I left a lot behind. I left a family that is as groovy as that, and I said I was going to be here for five years, and it's been 11, and there's a seven-year-old in the other room right now, and I'm recording a podcast, and... I put myself on tape for a T-Mobile commercial yesterday, and I'm going to work at a toy convention this weekend. And I have a car with gas in it. And I, I, I just, I, I can't believe sometimes that this is where I'm at. And I have some guilt, some uh, guilt around the fact that I'm not home as frequently to experience my family. Hey, Phil, do me a favor. Your singing sounds wonderful, but could you just keep it down a little bit? We're, we're still recording. Whatever it is. <clears throat> do you think uh, uh, your accent has changed at all since you've moved from East Coast to West Coast? Yeah, absolutely. You heard my dad's accent loud and clear. And and I wasn't sure if I was noticing it coming back in you from talking to your dad, or if that like I wasn't sure if it was getting. Yes, that's a <laughs> that's a that's a fair. 
thing to say because when I go home for a week plus, I come back and my accent is full fledged. It's it's back in action and it's there's no taking it away and it fades after time. But I went to acting school in college and the professor who was this British man took me aside and was like, either you lose that accent or you lose this dream. That's how serious he was. Oh, wow. And I, I disagreed with that at first because I, you know, rattled off a list of actors like Joe Pesci and De Niro and Pacino that kind of have adhered to that and not really diverged from it. Um, but I, I, over time, lived all over America. I lived in Florida for a year. I spent some time in Minnesota. I've lived on the West Coast now for over a decade. So I think it's just the fact that I'm not around it as much. And that's what accents are around something, you know, in relation, even geographically. My girlfriend is from the United Kingdom, and we're watching a United Kingdom-based reality show, and people from different areas of the United Kingdom are all on the show, and the different accents that exist all around the United Kingdom are crazy. They're so different from one another, and the same goes for New York. An accent from the Bronx is different from an accent from Long Island, where I grew up, which is different from Queens, which is different from Manhattan, and... It's and that's all close proximity. So when you lived in New York, you could tell where people in New York were from based on their accents. You had kind of an idea. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. And another thing that is very intrinsic to the New York is asking someone what their ethnicity is. Now it's kind of not that PC to do out here. But in New York, there's so many different kinds of Hispanic cultures that live there. There's so And when you say, say someone says they're Dominican, which a lot of my friends are, you can kind of figure out that they're from Queens or a certain neighborhood in the borough of Queens or just outside of Queens based on their ethnicity. And the same goes for Middle Eastern culture because that also relays what kind of food they like to eat or make or restaurants that they frequent. So all this information in regards to ethnicity isn't to judge or even be stereotypical. It's to get information about their life. That is just kind of the way the East Coast works. It's not to. It's sure there are prejudices and uh, people that are that use stereotypes in the East Coast. But what I realized about that is, when I came out here and I asked people certain questions, they looked at me like I had three heads. And it's because it isn't politically correct, but that's how I grew up. Just a just an observation about East Coast versus West Coast living. Mm-hmm. A really cool thing that I've found out, I haven't gone yet, but the Notorious B.I.G.'s daughter and Jam Master J's daughter just opened a pizzeria in Los Angeles on La Brea Avenue called Juicy Pizzeria. And they have, I think, like a subway car in there, and there's a whole bunch of New York paraphernalia. But think about the profound nature of the way things materialize sometimes. Two daughters, businesswomen... New Yorkers, African-American women with slain fathers that were both rappers or in the rap industry collaborated on opening a pizzeria named after one of their father's biggest songs. And that is amazing. The world ends up doing really cool things. And these are things you have to take notice of. And they happen all around you. Every store that you drive past has a story. And that's just one really cool one. Did you see the launch of uh, Mom's Spaghetti? Yeah! <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Look, 
Eminem is sitting in his house, apartment, car, whatever, writing the lyrics to Lose Yourself years ago, and he wrote the lyrics or the words Mom's Spaghetti or that coupling of words, and nearly two decades later, he opens up a chain drive through fast food restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti in Detroit. I mean... Fuck a Grammy, fucking Oscar. You can open up Mom's Spaghetti based on a lyric that everyone in the world can identify with. Power of memes. The power of memes, man. <laughs> yeah, the power of memes. It, it's incredible. Th- these are things that really inspire me because it's unbelievable and it brings it back to the concept that life is a cartoon that you can do anything. And that's insane, you know, to bring this conversation full circle i worked at disney world for a year when i was in my early 20s as an intern and i was a tour guide at mgm studios and i toured brought people through the tour of the animation studio that was down there walt disney owned a character that he created called oswald the lucky rabbit and oswald the lucky rabbit looked a little bit like mickey mouse with longer ears and he went back to new york city to explore making this a short film with a company that he found out stole the intellectual property of that character from him. And he was taking a train ride because he didn't like flying back to Burbank where his wife and he lived and he was drinking heavily scotch. And he took his glass of scotch off of his beverage napkin. And there was a circle on that beverage napkin and he just drew a circle with a pen around that. And then he drew two other circles and he filled it in a little bit. And he brought it home, put it in his coat pocket. And his wife was doing his laundry like a week or so later and pulled it out and asked him what this was. And he said, it's just some mouse that I drew. And it was Mickey Mouse. She she asked him what its name was and he said, I don't know. And she said, well, we should name him Mickey after the actor Mickey Rooney, which was her favorite character. And that little thing that he drew on a napkin when he was drunk and upset about someone stealing his dream from him is now basically the worldwide personification or manifestation or represents the ideas of dreams coming true. The ethos of Disney overall is the concept that dreams can come true. And so sometimes, man, you got to get your dream ripped out from underneath you for another one to materialize. And that napkin, that beverage napkin, I wonder if it's still around or how much it would be worth. It's probably worth more than any NFT out there. (laughs) But that's crazy to me. And I think as humans and as artists, as everything, if we can just kind of really maintain that idea, that you can get through the hard lessons of someone maybe doing wrong to you or even you doing wrong by yourself. And what is behind that or at the bottom of that beverage napkin, figuratively speaking, could be the biggest truth of your life and change the world forever with theme parks, with movies, with acquisitions, with everything. And that's that's the life that my dad taught me, the cartoon that he, he walked me into. When I saw Roger Rabbit for the first time, 
and I saw humans interacting with cartoons blew my mind because that's how I saw things. I literally was born six weeks premature and they fucked my eyes up because I had to be placed in an incubator and they had to put protective glasses on my eyes and I didn't get them. And they deteriorated some of the muscles behind my eyes and messed with my eyes and I was diagnosed eventually with something called scotopic syndrome. You should look it up. But I was born hallucinating. I saw things that were not there all the time. People at school would be like, what are you looking at? And I would say the horse. This really came about when I was reading, when I would see words on a page in a certain way, they would fly off the book and into the, into the sky. And my teachers didn't believe that this was real until I got diagnosed with it and placed in special education. But I was literally born into a cartoon. So you put that scotopic syndrome into a situation with a father who was just showing you that the world was a cartoon. Like you, you generally and genuinely believe that the world is a cartoon because you're living inside one. The hallucinations have stopped because I had to wear protective glasses for a couple of years and train my eyes not to do that. But there are times where they do come back, where I do see things every once in a while. And my existence, the way I view the world, my vantage point into existence is very specific, very particular, and very special. And that's something that I want to pass on to my child as well, and hopefully that's what I'm doing. He's singing in the other room and playing with his toys. And I never, like, I was not the happiest kid growing up because of some things that were going on in my house and around me. And I've been able to maintain a smile the whole time, really. I get depressed from time to time just like anyone else. I really do. But I'm happy about life. I'm happy about living. I'm happy we're talking here at this podcast. And to be honest with you, I'm just glad I spoke to my dad and the fact that he could make me and Sean and my dad and, and hopefully you guys laugh. And that's kind of what I want to leave you guys with today. Just, just the idea that you should probably talk to your parents more frequently than you do. There's probably more that they taught you than you remember. And it's cool to go back in time and talk about those things with them. And if you have problems with your parents based on things that took place when you were a child, you should try and talk about those things with them. And I could help you walk through that because it's been a, a very interesting journey for me as a man to repair the relationships that I have in my life. And I'm infinitely better for it. So if you're putting that off, stop. It's usually the things that you're putting off are the things that give you anxiety and anxiety is not worth having. What's worth having is, is a memorable life. And it, st it starts with just addressing the things that make you anxious and the things that have left us a, a mark of pain in your life. And I'm here to tell you right now, as a happy 41-year-old dad, that I've, I've done some of these things and I'm doing some of these things and I'm, it, my life is enriched. And so I, I want that for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the McMahon Podcast. It'll be available on all streaming platforms. And like I said, click the link in my Instagram bio and we can start speaking with one another via being pen pals. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening. Love you very much. This is Matt McManus.